Welcome to the Storyform podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello, and welcome to the Storyform podcast. I'm Holly Packiam, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie Showmaker. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing well, Holly. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We've um, just been making some fun summer memories with the family, and along with that, you know, always comes some difficulties as well. We've we live in an older house um, that was built in the '70s, and of course, I have friends who live in hundred-year-old houses, so I know that's not that old in the big story of things. But um, we've loved it being a fixer-upper and remodeling it and things, but. We've also had some unexpected things. So our, our windows are original windows, so they're mm-hmm. you know about almost forty years old, and we're really have been great um, for the most part. But some of them, uh, they once you open them, they're kind of the crank style that you can't. Right. A few of them you can't fully get them shut, and so uh, oh, you have to go outside and shove them in on the main level. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so they're a little drafty here and there, but my daughter, she has an upstairs bedroom, and so she had one that um, kind of, it's like you open it, it just sinks just enough that it won't, it won't match up when you push, try to put, well, you can't push it back in except if you get something. So my husband was trying to be really helpful and go out, and um, he took a broom and he tried to put it on kind of the casing and j- try to jam it back in. And uh-huh. he got it in, and then he thought – I was gone when this was happening, so I got the report <laughs> later. But um, he uh, got the broom, and he's like, I'm just going to give it one more tap, you know. And, and he, oh, uh, no. of course, he hit the glass. <laughs> so the window shattered. So oh. we've got this – like, it's been raining a lot. And so we've got – you know, that's been something to kind of navigate. And so now we have to kind of decide what – how we're gonna we have to fix that window but then does that mean anything for the other ones and all that and then you know kind of when it rains it pours and so a couple days later I went out and tried to put the garage door up and some kind of a metal bar bust off off of it and it broke so now we can't use the garage (laughs) so I know it's like little you know we all have you know, home stuff that we're, yes. you know, constantly we, dealing with. So, but it's good. I, I understand completely. Our house, we, um, we've been here for three years, but it was built in 1955. So oh, we also yeah. an older home. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, talking about when it rains, it pours. <laughs> right. When it rains, our basement floods. Oh, so wow. mm-hmm. we've been, we've been dealing with that a little mm-hmm. bit. I think my husband has it all fixed at this point, but he's mm-hmm. had to, to go in and take sandbags and crawl into like a little crawl space that's kind of in between the basement and the outside area and pile sandbags and he's digging a new French drain and all of this Mm -hmm. um, fun stuff just to keep water out of our basement because it's, it's a finished basement. So (laughs) I've had to vacuum water up out of the carpets and stuff like that. But you know, it's, it's homeownership, I guess. And while we get the wonderful character of these old homes we also have the maintenance of the old homes as well but right. I wouldn't trade it I, yes. I we are blessed and first world first world problems right exactly yeah so, that's what I have to yeah. remind myself of too exactly definitely. yes definitely yes well a few weeks ago we had Terry Moon on our podcast to talk about music as a story and afterwards that got us talking Holly about other mm-hmm. forms of artistic expression in particular the visual arts 
And I know that this is something that you've been really trying to incorporate in your home recently. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for us to talk a little bit about that today. But before we get started, do you have any favorite artists? Yes. Um, yeah. And art has been something that I wasn't really exposed to much as a younger child. So this has been more as an adult that I've um, been able to have the opportunity to visit museums. And I think that's kind of where my my love of art has been stirring and is growing. And I I still feel like there's so much more I don't know than I do know about this. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. far, far from an, from an expert and really just a beginner um, in my knowledge. But from um, visiting some different museums, I've really, I think, drawn to the Impressionists. So a few that stick out are Monet and Degas and Mary Cassatt. I think there's, there's mm-hmm. just something about capturing... Um, nature and uh, like Mary Cassatt and, and children and but in um in an indistinct way and um there's a concept called pointillism too mm-hmm. that um just I, I guess I, I don't know enough about how to exactly describe it but there's something about just the almost the ambiguity and the softness of impressionist art that uh draws me in and and guides me and leads me to want to contemplate it and rest in it and just observe it more mm-hmm yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree. I saw, I had the um, experience of going to France when I was in college. And mm-hmm. so I went to the Musée d'Orsay, where yes. a lot of the Impressionists are. Mm-hmm. I love um, that museum. Sorry, oh, go ahead. It was okay. <laughs> it was, I was just, just um, struck by the beauty of it, yes. um, of the Impressionist. Um, but the one that got me, I'm like you, I never have really been... Um, that drawn to art. I wasn't exposed to a lot of art. My parents didn't take me to art museum. It just wasn't their thing, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you know? And so it was um, really my first experience with art was in France. Um, And I was at the Louvre. Mm-hmm. And there's so many wonderful works of art at the Louvre. I mean, from all time periods, but there was one, I, I turned the corner. I remember walking around and I turned the corner and there was this painting that covered the whole wall. I mean, it was it was gigantic painting. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, Holly, it's like my heart stopped. And I mm-hmm. was struck by this painting. And I still to this day can't even tell you what it was because it was such a an it wasn't abstract. It was it was by Jacques-Louis David is who who is mm-hmm. a paint painted it. And I can't remember the name of it, but I think it was like the coronation of Napoleon mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that. Mm-hmm. He painted a lot of political um pieces. Mm-hmm. And in this particular painting, it's Napoleon, and he is putting the crown on Josephine, his his wife, and mm-hmm. she's kneeling down, and he's crowning her, and the velvet on her robe, it was like I could reach out and touch it and mm-hmm. feel the velvet. It was mm-hmm. so exquisitely done and absolutely beautiful, and that was the first time that I have ever felt myself like moved by a work of art. Um, I was in the at Versailles a couple of days later mm-hmm. and walked into a room and there was the same painting up on the wall. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, that's that same painting all over again. And the tour guide said that David, when he painted it, um, the only difference between that one at the at Versailles and the one at the Louvre was Napoleon's sister, who was sitting up in the audience of this coronation scene, and in one dress, she was wearing, a, I mean, in one painting, she was wearing a blue dress. But in the next painting, 
he painted her in a pink dress because he had fallen in love with her and <laughs> pink was the color of love. And so he changed the color of his dress of her dress to express his love for her. And so it was, I thought that was just a neat little story about, about the painting, but yeah, art is something that um, I definitely want to learn more about. Um, it's, it's not something that I know a lot about. And so I'm really excited to, um, to do this podcast today to learn a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, for both, for when we've talked about this, for both of us, our desire is to learn more and to encourage, you know, you as listeners to, maybe if it's something you haven't delved into, that that we can recommend some ways of helping our children to see art. And we'll talk a little bit more about art as story and engaging our kids in it. And what, what does it have to teach us? How can we enter into God's story just through people that he's worked through as artists? And what does this, what do these beautiful works have to, to teach us and to communicate to us um, in our families? Um, I think yeah. by, by showing our kids great art, we, we really are leading them to things that are, that can pop, you know, to some art that can, is beautiful. It's, to me, it's part of this great feast that we really want to bring our children. Um, that uh, and I think there's also an element of it can be a way of helping them to tap into their own creativity, whatever that right. looks like. And creativity, meaning broadly, not necessarily um, as an artist or writer or an actor, but just I think cre- there's creativity needed in engineering and being an mm-hmm. architect and um, being a reporter, you know, all kinds of different vocations and, and careers. Um, you know, for me as a mother at home, I'm in need of creativity to do so many things. Right. Um, and so I believe that if they can see beautiful work, see beautiful art, that, um, that maybe they can believe they, they can tap into that creativity that God has given our kids and to see how yeah. that, maybe if they can you know, see that, then they can ask themselves, what is it that God has for me to do? What is it that he can use creativity in, in my own life? And Right. Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, when you, when you mentioned that, I think about, you know, Tolkien talked about us as sub-creators and that, you know, mm-hmm. as part of the divine image, God, God, as our creator, we are made in his image. We are made to be creators as well, be creative. Yes. And, you know, I think, I think enjoying art is an expression of that divine image and that it inspires us to create, but also it's, it's an expression of the divine image and that we are beholding and appreciating beauty as well, mm-hmm. which is a reflection of Christ and, mm-hmm. and his nature. You know, God, God both appreciates beauty. You think about, he, he called his creation good, mm-hmm. um, but he, he is beauty. He sets the standard for what is beautiful. And, yes. um, you know, I think, you know, we are, we are meant to, um, reflect on that and, and to, to meditate on that. So, Yeah. Yeah, I love how you said that, Jamie. That's really well said. And it makes me, it reminds me of that scripture um, that says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever it is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And right. that's something we talk right. about in our home quite a bit. Just, you know, there's all kinds of situations that come up with kids where, uh, you know, they're laying in bed and they can't think about having a dark thought or being scared or, you know, being a melancholy or focusing in on something that you just want to say, stop thinking about that. Let's <laughs> change our thoughts. So we, I, I try to encourage our kids in, in that, like, let's, 
um, remind them about how God leads us to think about what's lovely and what's admirable. And so I think that connects to what we're saying. Yes. That, um, you know, whether it's creation or whether it's a piece of artwork or a book that has beautiful art in it, that all those images of God's creation of what he has, as you said, as you know, he is beautiful, what he has set before (laughs) us and what he's created, that the more that we're putting those sorts of things in front of our children's eyes, that that is what they'll think about. Right. That that is what we'll go to when they're not, we can encourage them in that way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I know we talked a little bit about the importance of art on episode five, um, why illustrations matter Mm -hmm. when we're talking about books. But today, I think we want to focus not on illustrations, but on how we can intentionally expose our children to the great works of art and the artists that created them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Mm -hmm. Holly, why do you think it's important for our children Mm -hmm. to be familiar with famous works of art and artists? I know this is something that you've been really um, focusing on recently. So, Mm -hmm. Yes, I I mean, I think I I really believe that there's beautiful and wonderful art being made, you know, here in my community locally and that – I'm encouraging my children and and becoming becoming artists in in their own ways. But I also think that kind of like what we said on other podcasts about great books, that I also believe there are great works of art that the 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 community of um, of people of believers of of others who would cherish and value what beautiful is that that we can show our kids these great works of art. Um, and I also think it's important to to teach our children in, about their lives. And some, you know, some of them were believers and Christians and some were not, but them kind of learning and understanding these artists' lives and what prompted them, what helped them to be creative, what what they saw around them in their own community and lives. And I can just see how, how putting these things before my kids and them learning about them, how it's increased their desire to, to learn about them and see. And I know it can be a controversial issue of how do we know what is actually beautiful? Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, in many different circles, it's like... And, and, you know what is beauty really you, in the eye of the beholder? Exactly. Kind of yes. And I, yes. I went to a lecture <laughs> once by um, a, a man who was a, a philosophy professor who talked a lot about beauty, and I really was wanting to read more about this and understand kind of exactly what you're saying. Like, are like, is it in the eye of the beholder, or are there things that we can identify as like this is beautiful? There, you know, I think this is this is beautiful, so everyone should think this is beautiful, and. Is there an objective standard of beauty? Right. Exactly. And so he's kind of said, well, the more you learn, the more the more I'm unsure. And so he Mm. really wasn't willing to give me that. So I'm definitely not saying like, okay, Monet and Degas and, you know, certain people like these are the only standards of beauty. But I do think there is something to fine art and that the more that you read about it, you will find that these sorts of lines and these sorts of structures and sculpture are that there is something to symmetry. And just like Mm -hmm. in classical music or other that there's or poetry or there is certain particulars and I'm learning and growing and understanding this, that, that, do draw the eye and that that we do see are beautiful. And I think those who did believe in God and who were were led by him were were led to paint certain things that would would cause us to see them as beautiful. And and for me, I think maybe part of being for me personally being drawn to creation um, is because God created you know, or to to people and their innocence and their their life the things that we would see um, on earth here and the things that, you know, that, that we see beautiful here, that the recreation of it in a, in a different way is beautiful. And so it's something I'm still processing and, and learning more about, but what do you think, Jamie? Uh, yeah, I think is beauty in the eye of beholder and is 
or is beauty an objective standard? I think the answer is yes mm-hmm. <laughs> for both of those. But yeah. I, I honestly do tend to lead more to the idea that be- there is an objective standard of beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. beauty is is whatever draws us to that which is true and which is good. And, and so I think when you see something um, that stirs in you that longing that um, mm-hmm. that God has given us that that um, kind of gives you that desire to know more and to know Him more. I think that is one of the standards. I mean, one of the qualifications to mm-hmm. say that something is beautiful because it stirs something deep within your soul, mm-hmm. um, and it makes you long for. Um, something more, kind of like that mm-hmm. quote by C.S. Lewis, which I'm going to <laughs> going to butcher right here because I don't have it in front of me because it just came to mind. But when you find that you know that there's nothing that can satisfy you, it means that you're made for something else, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, right. um, you know, that seeing something beautiful stirs that longing within us, and I think that that was intentional. I think that God God gave us that longing um, for Him, and I think beauty. Um, is one of those things that, that draws us to him. And I think that's one of the the reasons that it's important to study art because it does form our affections and it helps us to order our loves and what, what we um, are pursuing and what we love. Um, You know, it teaches us and our children to love what we ought to love and to long for what is good and what is right. You know, I, you, you see that picture of, you know, Monet and his water lilies and it does something different in your heart and in your mind than when you go to an exhibition and there's like a toilet as part of the art exhibition. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, yes. <laughs> and I'm not trying to degrade any um, particular artist or any particular, mm-hmm. you know, movement or, or whatever. I, I really don't know enough about it to do that, but mm-hmm. except to say that when I saw that painting by, by David, um, it stirred something within me that, mm-hmm. that made me long for um, something more. I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what art is supposed to do, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I definitely identify with that with in particularly, in particular seeing Monet's and I feel, Mm -hmm. you know, I have this, I think I'm really drawn to being in nature, to um, having a sense of um, what God is calling us to, to him in his creation. Yes. And so the art, you know, an an artwork uh, with beautiful nature scenes does that for me as well. And it it actually reminds me of a picture book that I was just reading to my daughter today. She's been, I've been, have all these art books laying out. And so my daughter, my five-year-old brought this one to me this morning and said, mommy, will you read this to me? And we're going to get to some more recommendations here in a little bit, but I'll just share this one because what you, what we're talking about made me think of it, but it's called Katie's Picture Show. Uh And it's by James Mayhew, if if I'm saying his, his name right. But basically it's about a little girl who, her grandma brings her to this gallery and her grandma says, why don't you just go off Katie and take a look at these different paintings. So she goes off. And so it, all the pictures say, do not touch, but she's mm-hmm. you know being a little rebellious. So she sticks her hand close to the, <laughs> to the painting and ends up falling into the painting. And so it kind oh. of, it just reminds yeah. me of what we're talking about that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we're wanting to do, right. That we're sort of falling in and, um, letting the painting, you know, what, what was the asking, what was the artist trying to communicate? Um, I think there yes. can be a danger of saying, well, how do I, not that there's anything wrong with saying, how do I feel about that? And what did that speak to me? But I also think the artist had an intent um, in what was trying to be communicated and, and what can we learn from that if we um, right. are, are humble, kind of like what you were talking about, Jamie, in our last podcast about, um, you know, aspiring to, to, 
to be wise and, you know, it takes humility as it does with, with, I think, exposing ourselves to art, being the humble learner mm-hmm. and, and um, as we contemplate art. Right. And I think ideas are communicated in many forms and art is definitely one of those. Like I just mentioned the whole toilet in an exhibition, you know, that Mm -hmm. artist is trying to communicate something, Mm -hmm. a a particular worldview. And so I think, I think that's an important um, thing to know about art is, you know, it's communicating something. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, in addition to helping our children know what's communicate, what is being communicated, um, just studying art is important just for general cultural knowledge and relevance. You know, mm-hmm. you think about all of the different um, great works of art that are in every possible arena. Like I think about seeing, you know, famous works of art on cartoons and commercials. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think our children, it's important for them to recognize what they what what they are seeing, because even in that, a message is being communicated, Mm -hmm. particularly if it's a commercial or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. how many times have we seen Van Gogh's Starry Night Mm -hmm. or Grant Wood's American Gothic portrayed Mm -hmm. in some sort of arena in pop culture in various forms. And Mm -hmm. usually there's a message that goes along with that art. And so I think it's, um, I think it's important for, for our kids to, to recognize these works and to know what they're saying and what they're about. So Mm -hmm. how do we capture their interests? Like how, how would you suggest exposing our children to art the first time Mm -hmm. through story? Yeah, this is something, I mean, as Jamie and I both said, you know, not really having been exposed to it. So now we're having, yeah, I would say I had even had very little exposure prior to having kids. And so it was something that I've grown to see as important for the reasons we've been talking about. And, and I really have learned, have been, I do, and I'm learning to enjoy it more and to realize, you know, that, a wonderful impact. And so something that I've done with my really young kids has been come the Come Look With Me series. Mm-hmm. And it's written by Gladys Blizzard. And so there's there's a whole series of them. So you could just if you want to look her up, you would you could find all the various ones if you're if you're thinking, well, I that sounds kind of neat, but maybe I would just choose one. So I'll just highlight a couple of the ones that mm-hmm. we that I like the most um, or that have spoken to our family the most. Um, and so one of them is called Enjoying Art with Children. And I really love um, paintings of families and children. And so uh, we have one like that. And then another one's called Exploring Landscape Art with Children, which as I've already talked about those things, that probably makes sense why I'm drawn to those. <laughs> but um yeah, the book is laid out in such a way that you'll see some pretty well-known paintings by various artists. And then um, it'll give if you, you can just look at them and talk with them, you know, organically with your children, but there is a bit of a guide there. So if you're like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what to do, or I just, this is so foreign, you know, I have no idea what to do, um, that you can read it with them. And then you can just ask them to, or sorry, not read it with them. Look at that, look at the painting, maybe just say, okay, okay, kids, let's just, let's just look at this for a couple minutes and let's be silent and just, let's just take it in for a little bit. And Mm -hmm. then you could read a bit of the background about, um, the artist. And there are some guided questions. If you're like, I don't know how to engage my kids in art. Um, there are some particular questions that you could ask just that might talk about what asking their observations, what do they notice? Um, you know, your kids might see very different things and just kind of getting to know the painting and, and I really believe, too, that it isn't it, it doesn't need to be the case, just like reading a good book where you, you wouldn't need to think, well, I just OK, we looked at that painting done, move on. Right. But maybe you, you look at it today and then, you know, a week or a month or next year you come back to that and gain something new from it or um, 
And I, what I love about the bio part too is that you're really understanding a bit more about the intent of the artist. Like what mm-hmm. was what was the artist trying to communicate, and what time period was this set, and what what did this speak to the people at the time that this was right. painted, and how did this inspire them? If, you know, say it was a wartime or you know right. a revolution or something, and. So yeah, that those have been really, really wonderful. And um, I'm just in the process of kind of reintroducing them again to my younger kids. So that's mm-hmm. been really fun too. Um, Mike Venezia is another author that he has a whole series um, of like small, very short, like picture book biographies about various uh-huh. artists. So um, we just, uh, I put one on hold the other day for Mary Cassatt because I don't actually own anything about her. Um, so he, yeah, that's a great series if you're looking just, and it's kind of, kind of, um, little simple illustrations, almost like comic book illustrations that kind uh-huh. of draw in the kids. They make kind of funny. And, um, have you, have you looked at any of those, Jamie, any of that series? I, I've looked at the Come Look With Me series, and, okay, and I like yeah, that. I don't yeah, own it, but it's yeah, on my wish list. Yes. <laughs> so that's definitely something. Yeah, yeah, what we've been doing so yeah. far is more of um, if our viewer, our, our listeners are more familiar with um, Charlotte Mason's idea of a picture study. I don't mm-hmm. know if um, you know if you're familiar with that. But we yes. just take a work of art and just study it for just a few minutes, like you said. Just really look at it, take in all the detail, and then we turn it over where you can't see it anymore. And then we just try to remember what we can remember about it. Recall, mm-hmm. you know, some of the details, you know, um, I was just recently, we did one by Mary Cassatt and it was these two little girls on a beach. Um, mm-hmm. One had a pail, like I can still remember it in my mm-hmm. mind's eye because we, we did that. I remember the boat in the background and um, you know, one of them had a little shovel and, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I love how doing that really hones my children's attention to detail. You know, as they learn to observe the particulars in a painting or a sculpture, their observation skills and their attention to detail translate Mm -hmm. into other areas of their lives as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's that's really important. And I loved you mentioned this a minute ago, talking about how um, you can talk with your kids about what the artist was trying to communicate. And I think as they get older, um, this is a really really um, important time of like discipleship. You can use the mm-hmm. art in mm-hmm. these books to disciple your children mm-hmm. um, and to talk with them about the artist's worldview and connect it with the views and the ideas that were prevalent at the time, you know, and mm-hmm. what the artist was buying into and what right. they were trying to project. And, you know, it really helps older children and teenagers to understand how ideas are communicated in various forms. And I think that that's, um, I think that's a really um vital, um, and different way to, to help disciple our children. And because that's what we're really all about anyway, really Mm -hmm. is to, to help them become, you know, followers of Christ and to, um, you know, live, like we talked about pursuing wisdom, you know, we Mm -hmm. want them to be wise. And so just realizing that there are so many different mediums through which ideas are communicated and, um, art is one of those ways. So I think that that's, that's important. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned something about, um, you know, t- their learning and growing and their observation and ability mm-hmm. to kind of contemplate it. And when I think about um, having, as my kids are getting older and friends I have that people I talk to that have teenagers, um, so I was 
reading something about a teacher taking, you know, a, a trip to a museum. And I think sometimes maybe for us as parents or educators, a temptation is to like, okay, I've got like baby like books, like art. I've, okay, I've got to get them. If I can cross all these great works of art, okay, they've seen it. We've done it. We got through the museum. And, mm-hmm. and I wonder if, if maybe rather than thinking of it as a checklist or like getting them to the best museums or if, if we even have space or time or money to do that, that sometimes I think giving them a small amount and really helping them to contemplate that, to think on that, right. like taking them to museum. And um, this teacher in this article that I was, was talking about, you know, really encouraging his group to stand for 15 minutes in front of a particular mm-hmm. painting. And like you said, Jamie, to, you know, really, really think about it and observe it and take it in mm-hmm. and, and so that there be something to continue to ponder to to like we talked about the scripture about thinking on something lovely and good and right. if we, sometimes if we just run through the book or run through the museum, we might say yeah that was great and beautiful and wonderful but but do we really have anything to sort of take away in our heart? And so I really loved his this teacher's encouragement in that way, especially for all of us who are who have teenagers and older kids who can ponder a bit more. I think that's so important. And I just reflect back on my own experience at the Louvre. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what happened with me. Yes. Like I, it has so many um, famous works of art, sculpture, you know, paintings, uh, just mm-hmm. all kinds of things are housed in the Louvre. I know I saw the Mona Lisa. I remember seeing mm-hmm. it. But what I remember most was standing in front of that, that painting by, by David mm-hmm. and just taking it in for probably a half hour. Yeah. You know, and, and it is like, it is so deep in my soul. Now, I remember so many details of that painting. I remember how it made me feel. I remember so much about that, but I don't remember anything else about all the other works of mm-hmm. art, even even the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. But because I contemplated that one painting, I took away something that 20 years later still moves me when I think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a definitely. great story. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and thinking about that, I, this, I've, I'd been reading um, some different things from C.S. Lewis, and um, in an experiment in criticism, he says this, and this kind of connects to what we're talking about. He says, the first demand any work of art makes upon us is surrender. Look, listen, receive. Get yourself out of the way. There's no good asking first whether the work... There, there is, sorry, there's no good asking first whether the work before you deserves such a surrender, for until you have surrendered, you cannot possibly find out. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think that's exactly what we're talking about. So Yes, that's good. So after the initial introduction, how do you continue to spark your children's interest or immerse them in a particular artist or work of art? What do you do? Mm -hmm. I think this may be what you were saying, Jamie. I don't know if this is the same picture study you're referring to, but something we've done with our kids as they've gotten older beyond taking them to museums when, when that time allows or resources allow, um, would be doing some picture study portfolios. And mm-hmm. I've, um, the person who's put these together that the ones we have are by Emily Cottrell, and we'll put these in the show notes if you want to, to look them up. I'm, I might've gotten them from simply Charlotte Mason, but I will definitely put it in the show notes, but yeah. Emily, I have a few from there as well. Is, okay. Yeah. yeah. Emily Cottrell wrote or put them together. And so what it, what they are is they, um, there's a specific artist that's featured and it will give you the time period that it's, um, that the artist was painting or drawing in. And that's been really helpful to me as I'm wanting to also connect my, when I'm in education, I'm trying to think about, okay, if we're studying a specific historical period, what artist was painting? 
painting in that time? What mm-hmm. what um, composer was composing music in that time? I'm trying to make some connections rather than just isolating the person, right. but really trying to help our kids to see um, kind of in the context of all of that, you know, what where they were at, like we've kind of mentioned before. But anyway, these these particular portfolios, they might have about eight prints in them, and the prints are really good quality. I really mm-hmm. enjoy looking at them as well. There's a short story, kind of a biography, but a little bit more extensive than some of the other books that I recommended. So maybe um, there's like a little packet and like a little bit longer of a story. And then I'll ask the kids what to tell me, like, what do you remember about this artist? And, and so what we do is we'll select a particular picture, um, kind of study it. It's, it's, I mean, it's very actually similar to what we would do with our younger kids, but there's just a little bit more to these studies, some leading thoughts, questions, you know, you might ask them about their observations and it's, it's really interesting just to hear their processing. And, you know, sometimes <laughs> they're like, I just, you know, I don't like this artist. I don't like that. Or, you know, I like this one. And, you know, kind of trying to figure out why and what are, what are they cluing in on that kind of makes them think that. And, um, and I've loved the discussions about the, the artist's lives and that's been really interactive. So a few ideas are you could, you could keep them in the folder or at times we've hung them up, um, in an area of our home just to sort of keep seeing them and continue to reflect on them, stand in front of them. And then at various seasons, I've also had art books. And I, I'll i try to add this particular one. I have a, it's a very large, thick book. It might just be called Art, but it has just, it kind of goes through chronologically art mm-hmm. through the different periods of time. And so it's, it's very thick. It's, you know, it can maybe be a little overwhelming, but for older kids, actually, I think it's really great to make, you know, you, you put those things laying around, they'll just start mm-hmm. flipping through them and kind of be, you know. Just ask Absolutely. questions or be interested. Um, yes, so, definitely. Yeah, we I, have a couple of those in our home. Like you can get those like in the bargain sections of some mm-hmm. of the big box bookstores. You right, can, you can find art books. Um, mm-hmm. And so we have a couple of those. I, I guess they're kind of coffee table books. Right. Type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we just have them lying around, and even my boys will pick them up and just start leafing through them and looking through mm-hmm. them. Um, so I don't particularly use those intentionally mm-hmm. in you know, picture study or anything like that, but just mm-hmm. exposing them. And sometimes they'll ask me about a particular picture or work of art, you know, that they're looking at in the book. So mm-hmm. I think just having those lying around is great. And we do the same thing. We have art prints um, that we put up on our walls mm-hmm. that I've ordered from, um, you know, just websites and things mm-hmm. like that, just reproductions mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of different works. We, I love um, another one of my favorite artists. I didn't mention this at the beginning is Rembrandt. Mm-hmm. Um, I love his play with light and mm-hmm. darkness. Right. And um, I also love how most of his subject matter is biblical. Yes. Um, and so well, not most, but a lot of his subject matter is biblical. And so I love having some of his reproductions of his works um, just around the house. And so it's just something that they'll become familiar with. And we're not really intentionally talking about that, but it's just um, part of their environment and something that is in their line of vision and eventually will get into their, their souls and mm-hmm. they'll recognize it. Yes. Yeah, definitely. We yeah. just, so Emily Cottrell, who I just mentioned, we, we did her Rembrandt study this past mm. year. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely all the things you're saying and there's the one on the prodigal son. And so, yeah, we yes. had a lot of interesting, you know, discipleship oriented spiritual huh? discussions based on Rembrandt's paintings. So right. it was really, really neat. Another thing that, um, it, it's not exactly fine art, but just, um, 
something that we do when we're having different reading discussions that if you're thinking, well, how can I, you know, maybe your kids will be inspired by looking at different pieces of art and want to start drawing. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we talked about this a little bit in the illustration podcast, but we'll often, you know, often, I think at first we started with just field guides. So we would be, I'd be reading at the table and our kids would draw animals or flowers from field guides. But then over time, I think as they start practicing and we have different drawing books that they use, but they would, uh, my oldest is 12 now, probably in the past year, maybe two years, but really I've seen a significant increase in her interest and uh, confidence, I think, in her like thinking, maybe I could look at this Rembrandt painting and try to imitate it. Right. And so, and she, as an encouragement to, to some, some of you listeners were like, I have very resistant artists. She was a resistant artist. Like I've always been encouraging them to draw and I've really, you know, asked, it really hasn't been an option up to a certain point that I've really wanted them to learn how to, to draw to a, up to a certain point. And I had a hard time with her and she just, she didn't think she was good at it. She wasn't really interested, but I kept encouraging her and, and, she kept going and now I'm just amazed. I can't believe that something just clicked after kind of pushing through and encouraging her. And she, I could not believe how she copied that painting. I could never even, I mean, I could never even come close to, to doing that. And so it's, you know, planting those seeds for years and years and years of that. She's all of a sudden like, okay, I think maybe I can do this. So as an encouragement, um, you know, on the journey, (laughs) it's been, it's been neat to really see that. So, um, yes. Well, let Jamie, let's throw out some, a few other, I'm sure our listeners are like, okay, so what about other books? <laughs> what about other books? Right. So, um, well, I mentioned the one James Mayhew, Katie's Picture Show, and another one that we've really enjoyed, another picture book is called Katie Meets the Impressionists. Yes. We have that um, one and we love that one as well. Yeah. Yes. 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 And he's written a couple other art ones and some other good books as well. So look him mm-hmm. up. Um, these, yeah, we've loved these two. And then another author who's written books to kind of inspire kids to learn about art um, is Lawrence Onholt, and he has some other ones. One of our favorites is Van Gogh and the Sunflowers. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and even for me, lo- learning little things about the artists, you know, that I haven't known has been really great. Do you have others, Jamie? Yes. I, I want to mention though, you talked about the artists. I think yeah. artists are so interesting. Like, I mean, who who doesn't know the story about Van Gogh cutting off his own ear? That's right. <laughs> or, that's right. <laughs> or like how, how Grandma Moses didn't start painting until she was in her like 80s, I think, something like that, 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that um, learning the stories about the artists behind the paintings are also, um, I think that's really fun and interesting. I, you have to be careful because a lot of artists live lives of debauchery. So you have to, right. you have to be really careful what you share with your children. But at right. the same time, yes, at the same time, that is also um, kind of a testimony to how even despite our sinfulness, mm-hmm. um, God can still use us to, um, you know, bring him glory through, through our, our work and our art and our lives. And, and however um, we express our lives, even, even when we're sinful, he still um, can use, use our lives to, to bring him glory and to reflect his beauty. And so mm-hmm. I think that's an important thing. If a particular artist, as a lot of them are, um, were more, um, sinful in their, in their, <laughs> in their lives. Mm-hmm. I know there are lots of stories about artists, but no, mm-hmm. one of my favorite back to recommendations, um, one of the things that I found when my boys, I think it was when my oldest son was, was a baby was a little book set. It was a board book set called mini masters 
And it was by Julie Merberg and Suzanne Bober. And it had just like four little board books in it that had um, the one that we have has Dancing with Degas, In the Garden with Van Gogh, A Magical Day with Matisse, and A Picnic with Monet. And each little board book covers that particular artist and it has their paintings, like, you know, just pictures of the paintings with little rhyming verse that talks about the painting. And my boys would just sit there and look at those for hours. In fact, I got them out um, just to reference them for the podcast. And all three of my boys, I don't even have any of the books in the box right now because they've walked off with all, all four of these books to look at them again. <laughs> and, they're, and they're board books, but they still love them. But they're just, um, they just take these masterpieces and, and put them down in, into the size for, for little hands. And um, it was something that my boys really enjoyed. And it was just a nice initial exposure to these great works of art um, that they'll remember because we've looked at them so much as mm-hmm. babies and toddlers. So that's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great to have. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to look those up. Just have something to expose them at a young age mm-hmm. to some of those beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any others, Jamie? Well, I, I there's some that I know that a lot of people recommend that I have not personally seen, but The Story of Painting by H.W. Jansen is one that I've heard very often recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I personally, I haven't seen it, don't have it yet, but it's on my wish list. So okay. I just thought I would throw that out there for and our what, listeners. What age would you say to read? Um, I think probably, I've seen that recommended for junior high and okay. above. So okay. and I don't, I don't know if it's because of content or reading level or what. So mm-hmm. I, I can't say why it's recommended at that age, but that's mm-hmm. just the age I've seen um, the recommendation for was for junior high and above. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's great. That's great. <laughs> yep. Any others? Um, that's it. Yeah. I mean, uh, there are some others that I've heard about, but um, I know Discovering the Great Masters by Paul Crenshaw is another one that I've heard about. But once again, I haven't personally yeah. seen it. So mm-hmm. I'm always hesitant to recommend something sure. that I haven't put my hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it comes recommended by people that I generally trust. So yeah. um, I would say that's probably a safe one, too. Also for older kids as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think one of the best ways, especially with older kids, is just to get them out to museums mm-hmm. as much as possible. If you have a local art museum, or even if you don't, like we've talked about some of these, you know, art books that would expose them to stuff that maybe, you know, just like reading, we don't often, you know, we part of reading is to expose us to things that we, we can't see or that we can't go and visit ourselves. And um, so that would probably be one of my, you know, most, highest encouragement for like high schoolers. And so, but I am wanting to find more resources for, um, for older kids, especially as I'm getting there. So if you have any thoughts about that, if you um, message us or Facebook us and tell us what you're reading with your kids that are older, I'd love to hear about that. That would be great. Yes. Um, well, I think that's a wrap. Jamie, you have any final thoughts? No, I love this topic. I, I, um, I'm looking forward to, to learning more um, mm-hmm. about art, artists and, and these great works of art. It's definitely something that I'm interested in and something that I don't know nearly enough about. So um, I'm looking forward to delving into some of these resources. Mm-hmm. Great. Me too. Well, we'll wrap up and thanks for listening. Thank mm-hmm. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes. 
and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be Storyformed. Storyformed.